Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast brought to you by Medterra CBD. You can go to medterracbd.com and enter discount code BIGMXRADIO15 to save 15% off every single one of your orders. I am your host, Brad Gephardt. With me on the line, we have a repeat offender, someone that's been on the podcast as many as I believe six different times over his amateur career. We now speak to him as a pro. He first came on this podcast as a 13-year-old. As a He's now driving, he's on 250Fs, and about to make uh, his pro debut in California to cap off his full first full professional season starting at Loretta's uh, this uh, this last summer. His name is Joshua Vereez. Josh, how's it going? It's going good. How about you? Hey, it's not doing too bad, my friend. It's glad I'm glad to hear you uh, on the other line, my friend. It's uh, it, It's been a long time coming. Like I said during your intro, we first spoke to you when you were an Orange Brigade rider uh, on an 85 getting ready for the Monster Cup, uh, at which I believe that was your your podium performance many years ago, uh, and it's been a long journey since. Um, some people remember you as uh, the, the kid that uh, gave RV all he could handle at a couple of 125 races, uh, and then uh, everybody else knows you as this uh, hotshot amateur kid coming through with the Orange Brigade, and uh, I believe that's still sort of uh, who you're riding the Nationals with. Uh, but for those who don't know Josh Freeze as well as, uh, as they probably should, give us the 411. Uh, who the hell are we talking to right now? Yeah, uh, you know, been going through go going through a lot to get to where we're at right now today um you know there's a lot of sacrificing and stuff like that and you know just kind of keep working and chasing dreams chasing the dream and uh you, you like for those who don't know uh your yourself and the family uh for a long time uh, held down uh, the fort at uh, at Milestone Raceway, operating the uh, basically the pro shop as I'd call it, MX Pro, MX pro Parts, uh, but also living behind it for the longest time. It's only been in the last maybe two years or so that uh, you guys have been in, I believe, in around the Marietta or Paris area uh, now. Um, but uh, longtime amateur out of California. Uh, I believe you guys, are you guys originally from AZ or I'm not entirely sure, but you've been there for a long period of time. And uh, yeah, man, it's uh, we, we originally were, were connected through uh, for, through Jimmy Sloan, who was uh, at the time uh, working with uh, an energy drink. And then, uh, yeah, now I've just been following along through, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm originally from uh, Northern California, like the Bay Area. Okay. And uh then we moved down to SoCal in about, uh, like, like I think, like, the beginning of 2011. I can't remember exactly. And then okay. uh, we opened up the uh, MX Pro Parts around, I think it was, like, 2012-ish. And we had that, you know, going. And then we ended up, you know, we lived in our motorhome ever since we moved down to SoCal. And then we, we just decided we were staying at um, Jimmy's property. Um, and then we just decided to move beyond the shop instead of having to make like the commute from Paris to Riverside every day or whatnot. Right. So which is not a fun to, drive. If you, yeah, if you catch the, you catch the traffic at the wrong time. Like that could be a 45 minute drive. It could be an hour and 45 minute drive depending on traffic. Oh, you can go up to two hours. It's crazy. Easy. Like so traffic is not fun for sure. 
But uh, no, like like you're one of the like kind of known as uh, like you almost like as soon as uh, Nick Schmidt is completely done, I think you are officially the new milestone assassin. Uh, super fast kid on uh, 80s super minis, 125s logging. You don't even want to know if there was some sort of a lap counter out there, how many laps you have at milestone. Uh, of course, RIP that place, but uh, like. That place was you. You were one of the guys who were just absolutely. You're there all the time, putting a ton of time there. Um, but where have you been riding lately? Um, so I've been, uh, or real quick, I will say first, Nick Schmidt is and always is the milestone assassin. Okay. And okay. Um, I am the prince. I'm the prince of milestone. You know, like ah, Prince of Bel Air, but I'm the prince of milestone. Yeah, yeah. I like that. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, so, but no, I. I've been gone for um, today, Wednesday, actually marks two, uh, 10 weeks since I've Jeez. been gone um, from, you know, SoCal. I flew out to Loretta's Amateur National and then right. did the Amateur National at Loretta's. Then I went to a track in Tennessee called Fast Farms on um, one of the days before the first Pro National. And then, you know, I just been back east this entire time. And, you know, it was for sure a really long time. And then with the weekend break, it was it was pretty gnarly. And I just got home uh Monday. Just got home Monday, like afternoon ish. So it was so refreshing to get home and just, you know, finally be back home after ten weeks. I think that was for sure I want to say the longest I think I've ever been on the road that I can remember, right? And it was just insane. So I was just, you know, finding tracks out there to ride. And obviously, they're all, you know, the tracks back east don't nearly get as many um, riders as West Coast tracks do because, you know, you know, you will get the local people, but West Coast, you literally see every single pro out on the track. And so... Uh, you know, it was just kind of like tracks weren't very rough unless we found, you know, a private tr- or, you know, private track or dude doesn't, they only group it once a week. But we, um, went out before WW Ranch, we went out to, uh, Blake Baggett's, um, place, L2 Pacaba yeah. Ranch. That's, that's cool. We were out there you must have hit days. some really cool tracks along your, like, 10 weeks. You probably hit no, no less than five or six really cool spots. Honestly, so Baggett's for sure was probably the sickest spot. Um, and then I rode, oh, I rode Alex Ray's place in, um, Tennessee. It's about an hour from Loretta Lynch. That's not nearly as And, um, so it was pretty cool. It had like some, you know, really good, good, like red sand. Um, then that was really, I mean, we didn't really ride too many trucks. Um, you know, because during the week you're just kind of like wanting to to just like maintain, and you know you're not riding four days a week. You don't ride max. I mean, I don't know anyone else, but I was like max two days a week, sometimes one or whatnot. So we uh we actually found that there was another track in Missouri called Sweeney's MX, and that track was really cool. It had um, it was like the piece of property and stuff it was just really really cool and, and the track owners was nice enough to let us camp there and you know ride whenever we wanted the truck was rough wasn't prepped so it made it even 
better to ride. But so that's really about where I've been riding for the past couple weeks or past like you know nine weeks or whatnot. And then we um, today I actually went out to Lake Elsinore here in SoCal, and because that's like their pro day on Wednesdays, so. Mm-hmm. It was it was packed for sure, and just you know did a couple motos, not too much, so I can, um, you know, have enough energy to smash this weekend. No doubt, man. On the road, as long as you have uh, racing against guys who fly in nonstop, that's got to be wild. Um, but it, it's it's been a really good summer for you. Like I think maybe like you're probably a little bit bummed on how it started, as far as like. Uh, placings wise in the motos and maybe some qualifying as well but i really feel like um you you steadily made improvements like throughout the entire summer um like qualifying times never never quit in the motos that's that's something for those who are, are were playing Pulpamex fantasy you definitely cashed in for those guys uh this weekend but uh it, it's been really cool to see you progress throughout the summer and, and really find your stride man it's been cool yeah, um, it's for sure. Each race, I feel better, and you know, I feel stronger going into the next weekend and feeling more like I belong out there. Because, you know, my first couple races, it was like, you know, I I wanted to do good, obviously, but yeah, I didn't know. I wasn't sure how it was going to be. They were both moderns, and I mean, it was just kind of like you know tough, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I got a really good start in my first moto and then just, you know, another guy crashed and he all over the place. It's another rider falls in front of me and hit his bike and fell. And then, um, so I ended up like 20, uh, 28th or something weird like that. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I, did, I went down in the first corner, then took a pretty hard crash. Um, again, in the same moto, I like clipped my foot off of the triple, after the amateur finish line, right? It's like the same thing that Adamson's Rolo did, but um, like I landed back on my bike, kind of got sexy and just landed in gravel, which didn't feel good at all. But uh, so the first two races was kind of like, you know, that was tough. I Loretta's two, <laughs> man, that first photo was insane. I think I went down like seven times. Each time you go down, your bike gets like suction, like like suction to the butt. Mm-hmm. So like it just makes 2000 it pounds. Like a million times harder. Oh, dude, man, like I thought my shoulder was like I'd been down for like five minutes, just sitting there, like huh, trying to pick up my bike. And when I get it, I literally feel like my shoulder was just gonna rip off my body. Like it was, it was brutal. And I think I changed goggles. Like, oh, dude, I don't know how many. Like every single pair of goggles my dad had, probably like five sets of goggles. I mean, I pulled the mechanics area, like, you know, whatever that many times. Gloves, I, you know, the rookie, like, I didn't know, you know, to bring extra gloves. Like, 35 minutes is a really long time because usually an amateur race, you know, it's a mutter. They'll either dial down the laps or whatnot. So it's kind of like it goes quick. But when you're out there for 35 minutes, it's just, man, it's insane. Like, your gloves are just mudded out. Can't even hold on to the bike. Mm-hmm. and heavy that, you're you're exhausted was, oh yeah so going to iron man was super refreshing um and it was still kind of muddy because it rained the night before which i was just kind of like 
why? <laughs> why is it raining? <laughs> and uh, it's fall, man. It, I mean, it didn't. It rained for maybe. Yeah, it rained for maybe like forty-five minutes, but like pretty hard. And they didn't like seal the track. The track was ripped, watered already. So practice was pretty muddy, and then it you know got better throughout the day. And um, I had some. I had a good battle in the second moto, uh, which was good. And then uh, what was after Ironman? Oh, Redbud one and two. So Redbud one was uh, Redbud one. My first time to all these cars besides uh, you know obviously Loretta's and. WW, which I only went to WW back in like 2015 or something like that, 85. So it was still, still pretty new to me. And um, so Redbud won. I I didn't know I you know I knew the track, but I didn't know it physically. And you know I was just kind of you know sun is like in your face. You you can't see. I mean you have you know tinted lenses on and whatnot, but yep. the sun is brutal. And where where Redbud is at, it's like right on the borderline of the the time change. So like the sun is just like the worst it can be, and we the track is like you know B practice goes first, and all the outsides are really good. So it's just a matter of who can throw down, just ripping the outsides and hoping hopefully or hoping it's not blown out. So. By the time we go out there, the, I mean, the lines are just cakes, no lines, they're all blown out, you know, because everyone is going for it. So I didn't do good at all. I was, you know, still trying to figure out the track, had the sun in my face. I'm like, I, you know, I don't know where to go. And then I, you know, I ended up having to go to the LCQ. And that was like really not like frustrating. It was just kind of like I was, I, you know, I shouldn't have been there in a way. Yeah. But I mean, we all have to experience it. So, which I ended up winning that. That's um, gotta feel yeah, good. A red like, flag. Moto yeah, wins a moto win, man. So I guess I could, yeah, I guess I could say I have a, you know, a professional win under my belt. Um, don't have to bring up the LCQ part, but <laughs> no, um, no, I, I'm dude. So, not to interrupt your story, but I, I won my very first overall this summer. No one has to know that it was in the plus 25 B class and no one needs to know that there's only five guys in the line. Yeah. Yeah. It's a one. <laughs> yeah. They, they don't ask how they but, ask how many. Yeah. Hey, five people, two people, doesn't matter. It's story. So <laughs> there it is. Anyway, go on. Oh, so, um, first gate drop, you know, a couple of kids crashed and, I was like six and I knew I had to get top two or no, I'm sorry, top four. And then I, a couple of people went down. I ended up getting into third and I was like, you know what? Third's good. Like, I don't care as long as I qualify and they red flagged the race. And, uh, you know, I guess there are a couple of people that went down. So, you know, we lined back up and I'm just like, gosh, that was carnage. And the kid right next to me on my inside, I think was one of the kids that crashed. So mm-hmm. I had like an extra, I didn't have to worry about that one kid on the inside and I can move over a lot sooner than I would let, you know, what I did in the first gate drop. So I got a way better start, like almost had the whole shot and was, you know, behind, uh, I don't know the kid's name, but, or the dude's name. I was behind him for, you know, like a lap or so. And I knew I was faster, like second practice, you know, usually the second practice isn't faster at all. Sometimes some people go faster, but you know, I, I was 
you know, I knew I, I shouldn't have even been in LCQ, so I knew I was faster than everyone. And I was able to, I made a pass on him, and then it's only four laps, so it goes quick. And, you know, I, I took the win in that, which was, you know, was nice. But the only thing that sucks about going to the LCQs is the time, like, you know, the, the time frame in between everything is just like back to back to back to back. Like you only have, I think, I want to say like, uh, first practice is at eight twenty, and then your next practice is at ten fifteen. So you have about like, you know, an hour and a half ish, you know, in between practices. And then you have about, mm, you know, like, 45 minutes uh, in between motos. Like, you don't, I, mean, I think that, like, you have, like, technically two hours in between motos, but, or the, what the time says, but once you come off the track, it's, like, 145 to 150, and then you get back to your rig, and it's, like, 155, and then you have to head back up to staging around, like, two. Oh, yeah, it's 40, a quick turnaround. From the time you guys are done oh, yeah, your moto to the time you have to be back is probably an hour 10. Yeah, you, you, you don't have much time at all. Yeah, it's like an hour and ten, hour and fifteen minutes in between, like gate drops. Yeah, and like because the gate drops ten minutes past the hour, uh, and it's a thirty. It's basically by the time you guys are finished, like off the track completely, it's almost forty damn minutes. Um, how has oh, yeah. that transition been like for you? Uh, racing amateur races, they're shorter. Of course, you've you've always been a guy that, that put in like you've. It's no been no surprise to you. Like you you knew that that thirties were coming up, so you've probably been doing them. Um, but uh, it's a it's a big change, and it's it's something to get used to, and especially that intensity. Probably not something that you're that you that probably there was a, a learning curve there as well. Um, how has that transition been like for you? And uh, has it been something that uh, has played into your strength, or something that you're still working up to? Um, I mean, the transition wasn't it wasn't too bad. Like you know, training with Nate Ramsey, um, mm. you know, back here west it you know we did a lot of kind of like rate not like i mean not, i don't i believe we did like some race day simulations in a way but yeah. you know we we did like 235s you know in one day or and you know a couple cuz we knew that we were going to do a couple of the rounds um so we wanted to prepare for it and it was more of preparing for Loretta's amateur national but more so preparing for the pro national as well so when we do the 35s you know we do it you know I mean, now that I know the time frame, I would for sure train to just do everything back to back to back. But yeah. we do, you know, the 35s, you know, about 30 minutes, you know, in between. But the thing about going to a practice track is the track isn't muddy. The track isn't, you don't have anyone in front of you eating their roost. You, um, you know, the, the track's good, right? But when, you don't have to prep your bike in between. I mean, obviously, chain loop, tire pressure, gas, whatever. It's easy. It takes five minutes. But when you're in the pros, it's like if you don't get the whole shot and, you know, you're mid-pack just eating the roost, like gears mudded out depending on how muddy it is or whatnot. And then, you know, you have to come back, wash the bike, change the filter because you're out there for, like, I think if I don't get lapped, which I've been doing good, I haven't been, I didn't get lapped at all in Colorado. I was out there for 37 minutes in the first moto and 38 minutes in the second moto. So I was out there for 
very long time. And it, you know, it's not like, you know, when you go practice and you go and do like 20 minute sessions here and there. But when you, when you do a 35 minute moto, just everything you have, it beats the bike down, especially like if it's muddy or whatnot. But the, the transition, I mean, obviously going from, I guess use Loretta's Amateur National as an example, you only race like once a day and it's one 20 minute moto. It's not long at all. Like now that I look back at it, but it's just one time. So, you, you know, you wake up and you wait at two o'clock. I mean, you don't even have to wake up to an alarm, which was like the greatest thing in the world this year at Loretta's. Um, and, you know, you kind of, okay, my moto's coming up. You go to stage and do your moto and you're done. That's it. Like one moto. Sometimes which that is like not even anything compared to the pro stuff and um you know you have like whatever so much time in between it's like four hours or something crazy like that and when you go to the pro stuff it's you know you have to wake up pretty damn early because your practice is at 8 20 and then if you're if you're in the bead practice you're at 8 uh yeah 8 a.m so i mean you gotta get up pretty early and sometimes, you know, Colorado and uh, Spring Creek were really cold. So it it kind of, you know, if it's cold outside, it sucks. <laughs> Every, like, fingers just hurt. Um, but it, I just feel like for me to wake up in the cold is a lot harder than waking up in the heat. But uh, so that's one thing that, that kind of sucks. Um, but, I mean, it you know, it's... It happens in amateur nationals as well, um, but you know you're going out and doing four sessions a day, and they're not like four easy sessions. It's like you go out there for 15 minutes, throwing down yeah. two times, and then and you got to go you're not familiar with too, like having to go oh, literally yeah. as fast as you can possibly go on a track that you might have uh, completed six laps, like gone through each corner six times, gone up each jump six times. Yep. And now it's time to go literally as fast as you can possibly go, um, which, oh, which yeah. again makes makes me think that uh, this this coming up weekend at Paula, although a completely different layout, is going to be somewhere where you're going to be somewhat friendly confines. Um, but yeah, man, that that's been that's a huge undertaking for uh, um, for an amateur <laughs> kid to like turn. Basically, you left your house like in, not like originally to do an amateur national and that was always on the on the calendar as far as doing that then a full outdoor series after after that of course nine rounds a little bit different than 12 but basically this will be your 11th big uh event in a row uh including the amateur national loretta lynn so uh yeah you've been uh you've been putting on the miles man and uh and, and honestly you're you probably you've put a lot of time on the motorcycle as well Oh yeah, I, um, obviously, you know, like you said, we were planning. We we did plan to do the first, you know, few of uh, first few pro nationals, and then we found out that you know it's up to forty points. So yeah, I'm like you know, it's hard to get forty points unless you're in the top twenty every round. Um, and once we found that, we were just kind of like, oh, why not? Let's just do it. Like, you know. I think this will be good for the experience coming in the next year, mm-hmm. stuff like that. in which I've learned so much, like in like 
that I've learned. And, and like you said, with the time being on the bikes, we do talk about every 10 hours, 10 to 12 hours. And like my dad, you know, still hasn't done a, or, you know, back before it happened, my dad didn't, has never done a top end on a 250 or stroke. It's always, you know, been 125s. Mm-hmm. So we had to do a top end on the race bike. And I remember, you know, you know, we always thought like we'll just fly out Twisted Development, Jamie, maybe, you know, fly him out to one of the races and, you know, he can, you know, help out with that or whatnot. Um, but my dad's like, yeah, like, I think I can do it. And uh, for the weekend break, uh, we went, we were in a Walmart parking lot and, you know, in the train and busted it out and, you know, did his first top end and it was, you know, went good. So then now he knows how to do top end. You put a lot of hours on your bike, and you know we don't have the capability to ship the motor out or whatnot, and or the funds for that because that is you know I can't even imagine how expensive that would be to ship a motor back and forth each weekend or whatnot. Mm. So you for sure do put a lot of time on your bike when you're when you're doing the pro stuff, and uh, especially when when you how do you like. You, you have a practice bike and a race bike, but the practice bike, you know, kind of, it kind of has to be almost identical to the race bike. So you're practicing what you race. Um, so it's kind of like the same way. And you know, then I had a, needed to talk about the practice bike and my dad was able to bust it out. Like, you know, you know, a couple hours or whatnot. And it was perfect. Like glad he knows how to do that now. So that way, you know, I don't have to worry about making sure there's an open spot at the, at the motor builders or whatnot to get done. Um, now when I need a top end, he knows how to do it and, you know, we can get it done. Um, but yeah, so everything goes good with the bike maintenance for sure. I'm kidding. Uh, father and son combo. He's doing top ends on a 250F for the first time ever. Something that I still haven't done myself. That's why I'm still a two-stroke guy. Um, but uh, <laughs> wild to think the two of you on the road together – uh, for 10, 10 weeks. Um, tell me a story of the time you guys were getting along great. Tell me a story of the time you guys probably didn't talk for a day or so because it was just like, it, it, it was like world war three because no one, I don't care who you are. I like, I'm best friends with my dad. I've worked with him for almost 20 years. You're not going to get along every day. And, and like, I'm sure you guys listen to different music uh, sometimes, although your dad's a pretty hip guy, uh, what, what were some of the things that you guys gelled on? What are the, some of the things you guys didn't gel on? Like, get, give me, give me that dynamic a little bit because that in itself is, uh, like you guys should celebrate the, this trip that you went on because that's, uh, that's <laughs> no small undertaking. The two of you guys didn't kill each other on the road. I mean, honestly, like I'm being 1000% honest. There was never, I mean, really a time I mean, that we ever fought or anything. Um, like He didn't even, like, take a tone with you. Like, yeah, cut, like, knock it off, Joshua, or something. I mean... I mean... Like, nothing where, you know, we got into a fight or anything. Um, obviously, there was, like, little arguments here and there. Like, why Who would you do it the like radio that? In the RV, so, like... Honestly, I'm not, I don't care for music. I, whatever's on is on, like, you know, especially when you're, 
driving back east there's like so many random radio stations and okay i don't care what music i'm listening to and sometimes i prefer not even to have the radio on just kind of just chill um but i mean maybe i would i mean there's like little things where i'm just like i mean like we've never we never really you know got into it but yeah. i i think now when once you get older it's more of just kind of like just dealing with things when just all right, whatever, and just not even making a big deal out of it or whatnot. Um, but I'm still, I'm like, as I'm talking, I'm trying to like look back in my memories to to see if there was any slight anything. But I mean, really wasn't. I mean, we we worked. You know, our program was like perfect. It was just mm-hmm. you know. Plus, you guys have worked together the, at the not only at the shop but together as a bit of a team for a lot of years now like you guys have kind of been a one-two punch your dad's spinning the wrenches and helping on the race day uh and also yourself as the racer son the whole pro- that whole combo that's nothing new to you so that that's that's pretty cool well the, i guess i would say the new thing is um back home when he was working and i was going to the track um i had someone helping me out um you know, back in like when it was like really grind time and then ended up quitting. Um, so then I was kind of going to that, that was during quarantine. So then once I started and I had a broken collarbone, so yeah. I wasn't riding. I don't, maybe it was that not working or whatnot, but it was, um, once I started riding again, um, it was kind of like, yeah, I went to the tracks a couple of times by myself with buddies and still tried to do a program. But I mean, it, it wasn't, you know, I didn't like, it sucked. I was driving to the track and having to drive back, unload the bike, wash the bike, do the air filter, do the oil. Like I did everything. Yeah. And then my mom you know, said like, oh, you know, I can go with you or whatnot. So I was just like, uh, Get Brandy in there. and at first I thought like, Brandy's doing yeah, air well, filters. at first I kind of thought, <laughs> thought, I don't know if that's a good idea. Like, I feel like we're going to fight a lot. Yeah, you um, and your mom get into it immediately. I, like, I could see, if your mom was on this <laughs> trip with you, you maybe don't race nine rounds. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Um, yeah, she'll just so, take you over her knee. I was just kind of like, <laughs> so I just kind of like, you know what, screw it. Like, I really am over driving, just like literally waking up, driving, riding, loading up, driving, getting back, unloading. I, I was just so like, it was just, you know, it makes me think about, like, I was put on fast like, the factory team, like, you don't have to do that. You literally just throw your bag in your truck, drive to the track, hop on the bike, ride, throw your bag in the truck, and drive home. And I'd always come my mind, I'm like, man, dude, hopefully I get the opportunity to do that one day, because I'm over bike work. So, um, my mom was pretty much, like, the driver, helped me, you know, check spokes and do stuff, um, at the track, um, and then obviously drawing. And when, um, I think my dad was like, well, I'm not working this thing, but well, I can take him. So my mom and dad would kind of like switch on and off, but I was doing everything. I was like, when we get back, I would unload, I would wash my bike. I would do the filter. I would do the oil, like everything. And sometimes my mom would help me with stuff like, you know, maybe you know, doing a tie, doing tires and stuff like that, because obviously she knows how to do it. And I really don't feel like doing it. And she, you know, so I was like, like, yeah, go, you can help me do that stuff. And then 
once we were at Loretta's Amateur National, you know, my dad would wash the bike and then I would do the filter and then, you know, we kind of help each other with the oil. And cause I'm super picky with my filters. I, you know, I don't, I want to make sure there's no dirt in the airbox or anything like that because in years past I've had, you know, filters not oiled right or put in right and dirt gets in and sees the motor. So yeah, it's a thousand dollar experience. Oh yeah. And learning from experience, I'm just like, dude, I want my filters done right. I don't want any, you know, and I'm riding the bike, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to be hitting a thousand foot jump and something happening. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I want the bike may I, if I do it, I know it's done properly and you know, it's good. Um, then going in the pro pro deal, I was just like, Oh dude, there's no way I can, I, there's no way. So my dad really stepped it up and was able, you know, I kind of like, I know he can do it, but sometimes, you know, things just get done, you know, either like half-assed or, you know, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. this year, year first. after the first pro national, Joshua thinks again? his dad does everything half-assed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say there's some things that the effort doesn't, not a 100% effort gets put into, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I get you. So after the first pro national, I knew I was like, dude, there's no way I can't worry about bike work. There's no way. And even back home, I stress about bike work all the time because if I want to ride this bike, I need to switch a bunch of stuff from the bike I'm riding now to that bike. Then if I want to ride this bike, I got to switch a bunch of stuff from, like, I don't have two bikes sitting in front of me saying, which bike do I want to ride, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, sometimes I'm up until, like, 12, you know, 12, 30, 1 o'clock in the morning, like, just trying to do bike work because, you know, when I get home from the track, I don't want to just do it right away. Like, I want to come in, eat something, just relax, wait for the sun to go down a little bit so I can wash my bike and not, you know, be burning alive. So, um you know, there was times where I'm just up so late and I have to wake up at seven the next morning to go ride. And so after, you know, the bike work deal, it's getting a lot better. I don't have to do a lot of it. My dad has been doing really good with everything. And, you know, uh, he does the filters, he washes the bike, airs off the electrical stuff. He does the filters. Um, he does the oil and, you know, it's been really nice. Like not having to worry about anything about the bike, just making sure when I grab it, is everything good? Oil felt like, you know, double check everything. And yep, it's good. Cool. It starts up. It starts. It's good. So, you know, it's nice being able to come back, throw my bike on the stand, go inside my motorhome, look at the clock. Okay. Eat something, drink water. Okay. It's time to go. My bike being ready, which is like really nice. And, um, uh, oh, what was I going to say? With, you know, crap. I it totally lost train of thought. I think that was pretty much really the last thing I was going to say. Oh, um, this morning, actually, I was, that's what I was going to say. This morning, for instance, um, you know, we got home Monday afternoon, and I really didn't feel like doing anything with the trailer. I just didn't feel like unloading, doing anything like that. So got home, relaxed, and then Tuesday, I was like, you know what, I'll, we can do something on Tuesday with the trailer. And then my dad just said, you know, do you want to just take the money on the like, instead of unloading and loading into the van or whatnot? And I was like, you yeah, know, like, no, I don't want to do that. But I want to just take the van. And then after thinking about it, I was kind of like, actually, I think, yeah, let's just take the money on the trailer because, you know, then we're going to have to unload a bunch of stuff just to load it right back up for this weekend. So 
um, we started to do a little bit of bike work to my pesticide, like oil, oil filtering and stuff like that. Air filter was done, but, you know, swap wheels around, you know, chain sprockets and try different gearing and stuff like that. So, um, this morning, you know, we worked together perfect. Like, you know, we, and we decided we'll just do everything when we got to the track. So we left a little bit early this morning, got to the track, you know, worked as a team to get everything done, you know, while, you know, we both were draining the oil because, you know, there's a couple of drain bolts. So as he was doing one, I was doing the other one. And then as he was putting all the bolts back in, you know, I was getting the torque wrench ready, torqued everything. And then as he was putting the other ones on, I was getting, you know, filling the oil ratio right, putting the oil on the bike as he was, you know, taking a little more off of this bike to put it on this bike around. So it worked out perfect. And, you know, we got everything done. And, you know, I think I started riding at like, ride time at like 8 30 and we got there at like 7 45 when we unloaded the bike so we I mean, we did everything pretty quick and when you work as a team you know the program instead of like where's this tool where's that like you know where everything's at mm-hmm. and like i said you can work as a team like it works perfect and you know we did it all did it good and was able to you know get it done get it done quick and you know when you have two extras you know or another extra set of hands doing stuff it just it makes life so much easier that it does and it's great to hear that you guys are such a well-oiled machine uh, it takes teamwork to make uh that type of dream work um especially with the nationals and it coming up to your very first hometown national and i talked to you before we start hit record on this we gotta like, do another one of these in one week's time to give your your full feedback on what it's like to race uh, in your own backyard about 40 minutes uh if you're on the gas from your house to the front gate of uh of paula aka a Fox Raceway, uh, a, a track, uh, or at least a facility that you've ridden at uh, a crazy amount of times. I'm, I'm assuming um, that plays in basically every other California track or Southern California track. Um, what are you looking forward to most uh, this weekend, aside from uh, getting a 1-1 performance and uh, unfortunately pointing out of the amateurs altogether? Um, you know, I... You know, I set a goal each time, you know, I race, and my goal was, you know, top 25, you know, top 25 both motors, and then, you know, then after achieving that goal was not getting lapped uh, in a moto, and then after achieving that goal, it felt nice not getting lapped, and I did that once, and then, you know, it didn't happen again because of, you know, following or whatnot, so then um, this past weekend at Thunder Valley, you know, my goal is to top 20 both motos. Obviously, I want top 15. Like, I'm like, dude, I'm going for it. Top 15. Um, ended up, you know, 19 and 18. Um, and I didn't get lapped either moto, which was, like, freaking, like, perfect. Like, it was so sweet. And I, um, uh, after WW, I, I just, you know, after my performance there, crashing first moto in a corner, eating crap in a set of rollers, second moto, and then falling in a corner. It like my, my overall wasn't good. And I knew that if, you know, I want teams, you know, looking at me or whatnot, I need to really like, I, I, I got to go for it. Like they are not going to be looking down at 27th overall. So then I, I knew the whole week leading up to Thunder Valley, I knew I was like, I just got to send it. Like, I mean, I, you know, if, 
if, you know, I got to really get a good start, I, you know, I can't be afraid, you know, that, you know, I have Dylan Frenis here, Jeremy Martin there, you know, whoever it is, like, I got to bank bars with these guys if, you know, I want to get a factory ride. So I think my mindset finally like clicked in going into Thunder Valley. And now I know like, you know, if I want this to be my career and I want to, you know, go as far as Brian Dungey or James Stewart or whoever, Eli Tomac, like I know I need to start throwing down, you know, with the top guys and, you know, battling with them or, you know, something. And I think that's what really helped going into Thunder Valley. And that's why I'm still going into Paula to have, you know, um, you know, home track, um, or whatnot. And, you know, my goal for obviously this weekend, I would love to do two top 15s, which that would be so sick. Um, but I'm for sure looking forward to, you know, having, you know, I think I'll have a couple buddies there, and, you know, having the hometown crowd or whatnot. And it's kind of cool because last year at the Paula national, which was back in May, obviously, you know, a few months back, but, you know, it was the Villapoto, Villapoto race. So it's kind of like, you know, leading up to it, you know, I, I won there last year. I had a sick battle yeah. with Villapoto. So okay, no big deal. Like, it's like seven time, nine time <laughs> AMA champ. Just put the boots to him. Yeah. And I know, you know, obviously he's tired. He drinks beer, but Hey, I mean, you know, if you're a magician, right, and you retire, you still know how to do all your tricks. You still know how to do the corners. Obviously, I'm way lighter. But you I mean, know that Ryan Villapoto. <laughs> you know that, like, cause I, there's a a timeline in place there. Villapoto kind of off of his game, kind of getting softer on the middle, joking about uh, drinking a lot of beers. He gets beat by a young Josh Fariz absolutely killing it at uh at, i believe you uh did you get him at uh at high point as well or at um not high point um hangtown as well or just just at paula just paula i i didn't i didn't you know make the trip up to hangtown i just only one thing i've seen this i did was paula right um and then you right. know i had a bunch of people like oh watch you go watch you go because you know he was going to be there and they're like, you know, how the we match at Watch Um, but you know, that's the weekend uh I think the weekend before or the weekend of the Loretta Amateur National. So I was kinda like, ah, you know, I can't make that happen, but no, it was cool. And then um Oh, you so, shot you a like shock to his system. Man, I don't mean to interrupt you, my friend, but literally, like you know, he le- he lost some sleep that night thinking about twenty four machine styling, absolutely wringing the neck of that one twenty five. Like, uh, and th- and that's why I'm I'm cautiously optimistic that looking at you as a uh, as a fantasy uh, dynamo this weekend at uh, at Paul, you're you're gonna have to be on your best behavior to not put it over 40, uh, 40 points this weekend, man. Cause, uh, I, th- I think you're, you're, uh, you're on the bridge of, on the, the verge of greatness when it comes to, uh, hometown race won it last year. Like maybe you like even bring the trophy with you to like to staging <laughs> and, and you're just sitting like, there uh, and be like, yo boy, what's up? Number one, like maybe even like, could you run a red plate for practice? <laughs> or even just have the 125 like in the can you bring the 125 and just leave it there with a with a red plate number one 
2019. Oh, that like, I, if um, I if I won that race, that's my move. I'm I'm in the I'm in the 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 privateer pits with a 125 red plate on the front of it. Like like check me out. <laughs> yeah, it is funny. I actually sold my, that 125 to Damn a buddy it. of mine. So, um, which is about you know most of my bikes, and you know I sold them to um, people you know that I know. So the uh, kid that I sold that 125 to, you know, I told him I was like, hey, this is a Villapoto bike right here, dude. Like you got a you got a pretty sick bike that you know that you bought for me. So um, and it's pretty funny too because that bike wasn't even my full race bike because I actually blew my full race bike up you know, a couple weeks before, or yeah, like five weeks before that happened and it, it wasn't, you know, rebuilt yet. So I was actually riding like a half mod was yeah. what I was calling it. Like it wasn't like the full, the no. full deal. It was only like half, half me yeah, So you don't, you that don't was need a full mod to beat the like, champ. Like, yeah. Yeah. They, and you know, I, you know, what I was hearing, I don't know if it was true or not, but it was like, you know, an $18,000 motor versus a half mod KTM 125. So yeah, that exactly. just shows, you know, you like can basically a works 125 Yamaha. Yeah. He's yeah. like, just, uh, but yeah, yeah so. he, he likely underestimated you. And uh, also like for all those uh, Pulp Mix uh, uh, fantasy guys listening, I'd assume that uh, Jamie Ellis over at Twist Development may or may not have his, had his, had his fingers into your race bike prior to this weekend am i wrong about that whatsoever um like as in prior to your hometown hometown race or is it are we just running what, oh, we, what honestly, we had in colorado no yeah we're just running you know what we have you know which my my dad did go down there we we tried a different um a couple different mapping um map settings mm-hmm. um Colorado, obviously, you have to do some crazy map testing up there. Yeah. Um, um, but, you know, we're after, you know, the experience that we're getting, we're kind of like, dude, we need this, we need that, or whatnot. So my dad did go down there and get, you know, another computer, or whatever box it's called, um, remapped, or a few different maps. I believe they're called ECU. Newer maps. Yeah, ECU. That's, I, I always say, like, ECI or whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we did get, we did do a little bit of map switching up, uh, which I tested today, um, which was good. So, um, I mean, my bike is feeling phenomenal, like, super good. So, now that we have you know, new map settings, we can try that, you know, see if that's better, if it's worse. And, um, you know, I've been doing, like, some bar testing, too, like, with my bars, you know, kind of flipping them around and, some different stuff like that to try and um that's one thing you know i am sure you just race 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 um and i've never done any kind of like testing like that like lever testing grip testing bar settings and stuff like that mm-hmm. so um that's for sure another thing i learned is having to test a bunch of stuff in which i know you know now i know why teams have their own testers and you know people yeah. to give them feedback and now you're picking them riders <laughs> um yeah i guess you could say that <laughs> um but so you know it's going good and i'm for sure excited for this weekend fair enough my friend well that with that in mind uh last couple of questions i have for you before i let you go i've been talking for damn near an hour here on the big mx radio podcast um <laughs> what have you or what are you pretty picky about on your motorcycle uh you've you've just, like 
in the last couple of years, three years, you've gone from basically like full-blown super mini kid, 125 superstar, uh, beating down the champ to now 250F, uh, up and comer. Um, you're, you're changing motorcycles quite a bit, but what, what is this, a, a constant that has to be, uh, a certain way for you? Um, are you picky about any certain thing? And, uh, and what is that? Um, honestly, I'm not, not too picky about anything. Um, maybe, you know, lever adjustment, mm. you know, sometimes if my levers are too low, it'll feel like I'm coming in, um, when I'm coming into corners, like it'll feel like I'm like, you know, eight hangers. If it feels like a little bit, like it just, my bar is still super high for some reason, but if I, it, it's kind of weird, but I'm not too picky with anything, anything like that. Like I'll just put my levers at whatever, you know, I feel like is good. Um, but sometimes I want my levers to be like almost exactly the same height. Like, I don't care how high or low they are. Um, obviously I don't want them too low, but I don't care really, you know, I just want to make sure they're like almost maybe about like even with the bar, you know, a little bit lower than that. But if I want them to be like almost perfectly the same height, I like, you know, I have like a little level and I was put the level on the grip and the, the grip and the, um, the lever and you know look at the level and go okay you know it's about right <laughs> so i'll do that but one thing i really am picky about is just people touching my levers or touching my grips or anything like that mm-hmm. um you know Keep obviously off, my dad or <laughs> my dad you know he obviously touches the grips and levers but it's like whenever you know if someone just playing with the lever just like i'm just like dude stop <laughs> like don't do that please you know that's like you know a habit for everyone just to walk in they see bike they're touching the clutch lever hitting the throttle so that's one thing i'm super super like super picky about is don't touch my bike (laughs) just don't touch the levers just don't just don't touch anything because i've you know in you know um years past i've had really you know touching the clutch and then the spring will break and then i have to you know redo the whole um the I have to, you know, replace the clutch lever, uh, which is kind of funny. I train with Max Miller and his mechanic, you know, like, you know, they know they always kind of give me like crap for, you know, all people don't like, you know, I don't like when people touch my bike and, you know, they'll give me crap about it sometimes, you know, make jokes about it. And when we were at the Supercross Futures um, in St. Louis, uh, his mechanic was like, you know, like, I don't care if like they were to touch my bike, like I know them, you know, it's whatever. But if it's like almost like a random person or someone I don't know that well, yeah. but um, you know, his mechanic was just like you know, <laughs> um, so his mechanic was just kind of like you know had his foot on it, had his foot on my foot peg and was like leaning on my bike, you know, because we're all just chilling around, you know, our bikes, and um, you know, he was just kind of like you know, calling up the clutch level, like you know, wasn't bothering me, but like the spring broke in the ASV lever because sometimes if you bend it too far back or whatnot, the spring. Or like snap and then it'll like right. kind of flap however it wants and it, when it broke i was like oh and we were dying, dying laughing because i was like that's the prime example of why i don't like when people touch my levers so it was kind of fun. like i wasn't mad like i don't care I, like you know he, he obviously i know he can replace it he, you know so it, that was like pretty funny but um um that you know that was you know something you know, to look back on and, you know, tell the joke, like it was just, you know, so funny that, you know, for 
then you know look at it and go well, you know why don't you like you know when people touch your lovers and then it happens and i'm like oh there you go <laughs> oh yeah no there's some people that get kind of crazy about it i know uh, uh there's a canadian mechanic named scott donker's good known as scott donk uh he was a big on like don't spin my rear wheel backward because the the wrist pin or i guess not a wrist pin or the like this the the clip on the uh on the the chain can get caught when it goes through the chain guide and back it out and then you can have a chain come off and and, and that can ruin your race right there uh it's it's rare but yeah. it has happened and uh yeah don't spin uh, his wheel backward, and he was very. Uh, he, I think he almost got into like I wouldn't say an altercation, but damn near an altercation over it. So it was pretty wild. Yeah, that's um. You know, one other thing too is like, you know, when you when you start the bike and you put it in gear, it rolls forward, right? There's no reverse; right. it's going forwards. So I feel like a theory of mine is just kind of like if the wheel isn't meant to spin backwards, when you start the bike and it rolls forwards. I just feel like just roll it forward because I don't, you know, I don't, it just, the, the gears, obviously I know they spin both ways, but I just feel like it goes forward. It doesn't spin backwards. The gears aren't meant to spin backwards or, you know, whatever the transmission. Um, right. And, you know, also like you're saying, the master link too, it can catch the, that's why when you put the master link on, you have to make sure it's on the right way. So if you want to hit a limit or whatever, it will act as a, it's like pushing it on. It doesn't pull it off. Um, so that's one thing too. You know, obviously you're gonna have to roll your bike backwards a little bit, like to unload it um, from anything. So the bike will be rolled backwards. But if you're putting chain lube on and you're spinning it backwards like really fast, that's one thing that's like that I for sure don't do as well. I always spin it forwards. There you go, man. Well, uh, um, it's gonna be a capacity crowd for uh, for your hometown national, uh, and then we'll see what happens with Supercross, like. Like not to say that you're not an outdoor guy and like a motocross guy, but I always thought of of uh, Josh Faris as turning pro uh, in Supercross, not outdoors. Not to say that like mainly because like the obviously as well as you did at uh, um, at the Monster Cup on on a Super Mini, um, like probably not not at all what you originally expected uh, as an amateur. But uh, um, you you got to be excited for uh, some possibility of uh, some really, really good results once Supercross comes back. Because, like, although I'm, I'm sure you're, you're good at great, you're at both, uh, I think you're you're a great Supercross rider, especially on the indoor stuff. And, uh, yeah, the last time I saw you in person was at the uh, the St. Louis Supercross uh, when I was there uh, on the Saturday before the Futures. Yeah, so Supercross is still... Like it's still up in the air right now for sure, um, but you know I'll 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 still ride Supercross like I'm I guess in a way like I guess saying um, like I'm still getting ready for it like as yeah. I, if I'm gonna race it and then you know after we'll do that get ready for it see you know maybe compare lap times or whatnot and just see like how I'm looking how I'm feeling you know do 15 minute motos or whatnot because man I've done 15 minute sessions on Supercross track but I've never done like a, uh, like a you know a legit fifteen minute moto like sprint. Yeah. I mean, I've done ten minute sprints, or if I can remember, right? Like I've done motos, but I don't think I've, you know, I've done fifteen minute warm up stuff like that. But I don't think I've really done like a okay, put my head down and do a start fifteen minutes, you know. 
but I, you know, I, I believe I can do it. The only thing that, you know, I need to really work on is just my whoop speed. Um, but I feel like now that I'm bigger, a lot taller than I was last year. I was going to say, you've, you've grown like a I, little bit too, right? You're not, uh, you're not the five foot. Number. Oh yeah. I'm probably, oh no, I'm, I mean, I've grown a lot. Like, no, I would say like five, I'm five eleven. Really? Oh shit. Yeah. Taller, I you're mean, way like taller I'm, than your old man. That's been a tall. Oh yeah. Must, um, must tall if you look at a picture, <laughs> if you look at a picture on uh, Jimmy's Instagram, Free the Peach, there's like a picture of me and my dad, and my mom's like, "Holy crap! Like, did you grow like ten inches last night?" I for sure, like in the past, you know, um, few months, like I've I've grown so much. Like my driver's license says I'm five three, and I'm like five eleven now. It's kind of funny. So. <laughs> Yeah, so no kidding. That's I'm like, looking at your you know, picture of the with the uh, the three eighty seven. Still weird to see you with that number, and but uh, yeah, like the the bike's not on the stand, but you're yeah, you're 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 tall and lanky now. What the hell, dude. Yeah. So that's why I think you know going into Supercross, I think I'll have that confidence to really come into the whoops and just mm-hmm. stay on top and being able to control the bike a lot better than I was last year. Cause last year I rode a lot of super costs, obviously for, you know, getting ready for futures. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, I, I figured out the whoops, you know, the jumping part, like really good, yeah. but you know, jumping obviously you're not going to be able to jump. <laughs> yeah. So you're not going to be able to jump every set of super cross whoops at every round They're You know, they're all going to be different. You know, sometimes you're going to need to jump them. Sometimes you're going to have to skim them. So I think once I get the skimming part down, I'll I'll be stoked for sure. Fair enough. Well, you'll 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 definitely be a like a duck in water uh, when it comes to that stuff, man. I think that's going to be right up your alley, and we look forward to it. Um, I really appreciate you giving me as much time as you have tonight. Almost a full hour uh, of recorded podcast here, uh, and it's been gold. Honestly, a lot of time just to catch up, get your story, and I, I feel like people are really going to enjoy this because you really went in depth on a lot of stories from the road and stuff like that, as well as giving a full look at uh, the summer that's been. Uh, you and I are going to catch up again in one week's time to talk about the hometown national. Uh, I hope that, uh, Jimmy himself will be in attendance for that hometown national this weekend. And if he's not, that's, uh, that's too bad, but, uh, I really appreciate making some time for me tonight, big guy. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I, um, I don't, I can't remember the last time we did, uh, did an interview. It's been a pretty long time, too so long. Too it was cool to be back on. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, yeah, it has been way too long. We'll, we'll definitely have to do this again uh, in about a week's time. Um, yeah, great to what? chat with you, and uh, best of luck this weekend. Don't hang up just yet, but for podcast's sake, let's cut it off right there.